Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. In the studio today, we're joined by Lauren Pelusi. Hi. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. And she's here to talk with us about diversity and inclusion mm -hmm. and specifically her, her passion around this topic. And I think most importantly for those of us in the audience who are executive assistants and are possibly on a similar track where they have a passion for this but aren't necessarily sure how they can incorporate this passion into their EA career. Um, that's something that we're going to explore with Lauren and how she's been able to accomplish that priority um, within her EA role and really embed it. But a little bit about Lauren before we launch into that. Um, Lauren is uh, currently an executive assistant with a company uh, here in San Francisco, a food startup called Instacart, mm -hmm. which specializes in Grocery delivery. Grocery deliveries. <laughs> yes. Yes. The convenient life. Um, and prior to that, had worked at SurveyMonkey, mm -hmm. also as an executive assistant. Mm -hmm. So thank you for joining us. We thank are super you. excited to have this conversation with you. Me too. So I think just to kind of start us off, um, I'd love to understand if there was a moment in your career. I'm sure there were moments in your life, but if there was a moment in your career that kind of crystallized things for you and said, you know, I really think that I don't want to prioritize diversity and inclusion in the work that I do. And if you could walk us through that story. Yeah. So essentially, so I'm African-American. Um, you can't tell because you're listening to me, but I am. I'm a black individual. So it's something that you grow up with your entire life. Like, and it, I see it as a positive. Like I've always been in the room as like usually where I was raised or the school as one of the only black people in the room. So I've been very conscious that I'm not always around people that look like me. So when I came into the tech arena, I really was put in that position of, wow, like, you know, this is a company of 20,000 people and like the representation is like 1% of the African-American community, like 3% Latino. Like, what can we do to make sure that like we can get more people that look like me in tech? And mm -hmm. so I felt like in restaurants, it wasn't as much in my face, but in tech, like it was a pretty narrow mm -hmm. field of of traditional employees. And so once I entered there and I was having a great time, really enjoying it, seeing all the perks, I was like, okay, we need to make sure that I'm doing my part to make sure that the, that I'm opening the door mm -hmm. and showing others like, hey, you can get here too. And like, so since starting at Adobe, I think mm -hmm. I've always been very conscious to make sure that like I was doing what I could mm -hmm. to show like what you could do and mm -hmm. I can help you get there. Mm -hmm. So it's more of like a pay it forward motivation, if anything, just like I shouldn't be the only one who's in on this. Yeah. And I think uh -huh. if you talk to a lot of people that are in DNI, like that's mm -hmm. going to be like a guiding principle is really making sure that we're setting the tone like for the community of like, hey, like. San Francisco Bay Area is known for the gentrification that's going on. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what are we doing? 
like at SurveyMonkey, you know, being in San Mateo, what are we doing to like help the community realize, hey, this is like entry into tech, like mm-hmm. people powered data mm-hmm. is a way mm-hmm. for you to like gain um, like stakeholders in order mm-hmm. for you to like push your agenda. Mm-hmm. So really trying to familiarize like different communities that may not see like this as tech like maybe see it as like, you know, a puzzle or like some sort of like coding thing that they don't realize, hey, this could actually be a career Mm -hmm. that you naturally have a talent for. And just making those connections, I think, between community and companies. Yep. So tell us a little bit about um, what you've done within DNI within your um, respective roles in those different companies. Yeah, so at Adobe, I was really fortunate to work with some people. There was already like an ERG for the Black employee population there. Employee and Resource Group. Yes, yes. ERG, an Employee Resource Group. And at Adobe, it was called Ben, our Black Employee um, Network. And me and another gentleman like co-founded like the San Francisco chapter. So we really just wanted to create a space that people could come like hang out a really big driver of like having an ERG is you get people from different parts of the business. So, hey, we have a rec open like this is the rec. Does anyone have anyone in their network that we can like move through the referral process for this? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times like tech can be very heavy referral based. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a way to organize and like start a recruiting funnel in a way that you're getting those diverse candidates like a seat at the table that they wouldn't necessarily have if they were just applying online. Mm -hmm. Um, So Adobe was a lot of like kind of grassroots efforts to just form like a chapter in SF. But when I moved to SurveyMonkey, we had a DNI program manager and she had like really set up so many things that were like great for the company and being a survey company mm-hmm. like we had a ton of data mm-hmm. so we like we had so much stuff and I'm like oh this is great like we're going to be able to get things done here but still it's it's hard because you're dealing with like a system that there's so many things that have been set up and so many ways that people don't realize that they have bias and that they may be like judging somebody but not like meaning to judge some like the unconscious bias that exists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know somehow like how people like read resumes like mm-hmm. you know there's so many trainings that we do that are trying to focus people on like not being biased but mm-hmm. like sometimes it just like enhances things that mm-hmm. we naturally have mm-hmm. so survey monkey was like that part of my career was totally about like getting the data, presenting the data, like with the DNI um, program manager to like our board, to our C level, just having that communication. And this was data on your recruitment stats, <gasps> it was, or it was on like who's recruiting, okay. like like what kind of people are applying, like when are they falling out of the funnel. Like, what part, are they making it to the phone screens? Are they not making it in the office? Like, are they making it into the office, having an interview, and then they drop off? Are we following up with them? Are we tracking, like, people that didn't make a role, but, like, we have them in our back burner? Like, are we going that extra mile? Right. And that was SurveyMonkey. It was, like, what is that process, and how do we keep that process it didn't work all the time, of course, and there's like a lot of data that you're not privy to as an individual contributor. Yeah, sure. Um, but at least we knew like we knew the formula. So like moving forward now, it's like 
when I get to the point where I feel like the company I'm currently at is ready, like I know which things I want to re- like what mm-hmm. kind of stats I mm-hmm. want to receive from mm-hmm. them. So, yeah. And how did you get involved in it? Because, you know, you mentioned there was a program director for diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. at SurveyMonkey. You weren't necessarily, I mean, you were an executive assistant there. Oh, yeah. So how did you raise your hand, even though that wasn't your official role or your official capacity, how did you work it <laughs> yeah. so that you could be involved in that? Yeah, so I kind of just come into situations and it's like, this is who I am and this is what I want to bring. And Essentially, like DNI is like this trendy word mm-hmm. in tech right now. Um, do I agree with that? Not really, because it's like, you know, this is like people's actual lives and like their struggles. So it's not a trendy thing. It's not cool to be diverse. Like it should be our, it should be our like status quo. Like that's what it should be. Right. Um, the fact that this stuff exists is because there's like a problem because it's lacking. So I think when I can't when I come into a situation like it's one of the first people that I seek out it's happened at Instacart like Mm -hmm. as well it's like I want to know like is there an ERG Mm -hmm. for different groups of people Mm -hmm. like who are the leaders and like I just make that connection right away now being an EA like you also have the gift of like you know kind of just knowing everybody so like within the first like few like I've been at Instacart for maybe two months like I know a great Mm -hmm. deal of people Mm -hmm. um but it's because like I I have to network I Mm want to know those connections so like everyone has to be doing this in their job you know everyone has to be like thinking for their like fellow employee thinking for their fellow person so it's just like for me it's like when I walk in that's what I want to do I want to like meet who's in charge of like the employee culture and you know like what would they say like the cultural competency of this company is and kind of decide where we should start from there yep so you have a game plan and, ag- and an agenda. I do. I yeah. have agendas. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. great. Yeah. That's great. Yes. <laughs> so and the, the, you kind of touched on this with what you just shared about how being in the EA role, you do need to be this very networked individual. Like to be an effective EA, mm-hmm. it's all about forming those alliances and, you know, having leverage within the organization to get things done and move mountains and all that good stuff. and Make and, magic and happen. Make magic happen. Yeah. Make it rain. Call yes. in favors. Yes. You know the deal. Yes. Um, and relationship building is at the, the, the root of that. Um, but I'm curious, too, like, um, you know, how you've used your EA role as a platform to champion DNI. Mm-hmm. If you can speak to that. Yeah. So I think, like... In my last company, it was, like, the real, like, demonstration of, wow, like, really partnering, like, with your executive can really influence change. And I was partnered with, and I had two executives, and both were really behind me, like, with whatever I wanted to do in DNI. But one of them, like, just wasn't aware, you know, having a predominantly male team um, just wasn't really aware that, like, you know, that some of these issues existed. And I know, like, that's totally cliche. Like, of Mm -hmm. course, like, they're not aware. Like, that's a cop-out. But, like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is how a lot of people live their lives Mm -hmm. because when a topic doesn't affect them directly, why should they think about it? They don't activate that. The person that I had the most, like, um, I'd say the best, like, team building relationship yep. around DNI, and like at the end when we stopped working together, it yep. was like 
I think he had seen some of the struggles, some of the battles that we had faced, like my ERG, the program manager, like he was like, wow, like this is like a front row seat to a very interesting soap opera that I'm not really wanting to see the end of Mm -hmm. because I don't think it's going to work out well for you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I learned a lot, too, because sometimes in this work you can get so involved that you get really passionate behind it and the passion can start to like fade like your game plan Mm -hmm. and so like to have a boss that would be like you know this is not (laughs) your battle to die Mm -hmm. like you do Mm -hmm. not have to die on a hill Mm -hmm. for this cause Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that like I think we accomplished together was being able to just look at his org in general Mm -hmm. you know and like what could we be doing in our partnerships like who can we decide to partner with for um, creating some sort of funnel mm-hmm. in um, whether that's in like you know cybersecurity mm-hmm. or um, infrastructure, like where can we start some sort of process in like roles that are traditionally don't need tech like background, you yep. know, yep. Um, things that could be learned, and not saying that minorities like need that kind of. Um, need to have that kind of start like it needs to be something that they didn't go to school with or like non-college that's not what I'm saying but sometimes in the situation like with like you know you look at the job description and the job description will have all these things right it's like our job descriptions like not everyone we get is going to come from Harvard or Yale Mm -hmm. MIT all these like these top tier schools you know like we have to open our eyes to what like we could accept and also think about like what are transferable skills like mm-hmm. I came over from hospitality mm-hmm. I wasn't an assistant mm-hmm. but I ran seating for like up to like 600 people a night mm-hmm. like you know there'd be time when 50 people were in my face that were hungry that were wanting their table <laughs> and then the other couple behind was like you know eating a piece of cake for like two right. hours right. like feeding it to each other you right. know like right. it's just yeah. Like, you know, you got to like you have to be able to like manage the situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think back to your question, like with my former boss, it was great to just for him to understand and know that when he took his next role, it was Mm -hmm. something that he was conscious of. And Mm -hmm. like he kind of made a like a statement to me saying like, I'm going to do better Mm -hmm. because of like what I saw you guys go through. And like, he was so proud of us, like our group and like everything that we had done. And he like, it's a great feeling for everybody. You know, like there were some partnerships that we started um, because sometimes like when you're an EA, (laughs) you have this thing called budget. <laughs> you know where it where it goes, how much is left, like what it really is, yep. or where you can move it. Yep. And so, you know, there were situations at SurveyMonkey where it was like, you know, there was excess budget for something. Hey, can we partner with this non for profit and sponsor somebody through like a a boot camp? And like then there you have a apprenticeship at our company for like four months with the possibility of being hired. So at SurveyMonkey, we partnered with Tectonica. I'm not sure if you've heard for it, but Tectonica is a non-for-profit in the Bay Area that helps non-binary Bay Area women get into tech. Mm -hmm. And it's a great, great non-for-profit that is doing great things for local people Mm -hmm. which is so important Mm -hmm. and um there's no age or like you know background requirement you don't have to have a degree you can have a degree like it's just open for people that want to try and get into tech and so we had somebody complete um their time at tectonica and they started at survey monkey and they're having a great time she's really loving it she's 
doing really well. But there were some things that were in the program, like that during her coding school at Tectonica, that like weren't what we used at SurveyMonkey. Mm-hmm. And so while I was still there, you know, like just we just ramped her up, mm-hmm. like you know, like it was like. Um, you know, Python courses, yep. like General Assembly, like it was just like, you know, I'm going to get this and yeah. I'm going to give it to you. And she right. she did it like yep. she like she got it. Like yep. and I'm talking about a month. And like, was it flawless? Absolutely not. Right. Like, you know, was she doing this nine to five? Absolutely not. She's yeah. a mother of two kids under right. five. Like yeah. you just there's things that can be taught. And like right. after like I saw what she did, I'm like it was definitely solidified in my mind that like we can do more mm-hmm. in our positions mm-hmm. to give people a break, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. if, Oh, that one thing isn't there. Well, that's something that could be taught. Right. Like, can we send, like, can we take the expense of sending somebody to a boot camp, right. a $3,000 expense right. to give this person a chance that's yep. going to also affect our employees, show our employees how to work with a different person. Because that again is a sure. big thing yeah. that especially like I notice in a lot of engineering teams, it's like, oh, like, you know, maybe they're just not sure if this person's a fit because they just don't interact with that kind of person on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You know, if you mm-hmm. go to a security conference, right? it's a lot of one type, like a lot of men. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of men. Yeah. So it's not like, yeah. you know, oh, it's male and female. Yeah. It's just a lot of dudes, which is great. But right. it's like, do those dudes know how to interact like right. with this kind of with this kind of woman? Oh, let's start hiring them. So they do. Right. Well, and how many times have we, as people who are in the hiring space, how many times have we heard the comment, you know, well, they just weren't a fit, right? And it's like, like, right? And so it's like, maybe we also need to challenge, well, what what does this quote unquote fit mean and what constitutes fit? And is fit just what's comfortable and what's familiar or can fit be reimagined in ways that are, you know, more inclusive, Oh, yeah. Um, and, I, and I think, too, like when you have a person like the person, the woman that you just mentioned, mother of two. Right. I mean, if 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 they're if they're coming to the table and they're bringing that commitment. Right. Because it's it's a two way street. Like everybody's got to show up. Right. Mm-hmm. But if they're coming with that commitment and the company's coming with that commitment. Right. Mm-hmm. Can't be one sided. But if both parties are willing to come to the table and like bump fists and say, yes, like we're going to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, something really there's the possibility of something really meaningful taking root there. Yeah. You know, those little things, like, yep. you know, we're not trying to change tech in one day. Yep. But if you can change one person's trajectory, yep. Yep. think of the ripple effect that it has not only yeah. for that family, yep. but for their circle, for, like, people involved. Like, it kind of gives someone else another oomph, like, I Absolutely. can do this as well. Absolutely. But what a powerful takeaway, right? Mm. That one person, you, in this instance, yeah. you know, because of the seat that you're in, talk about really leveraging your strategic position, right? And, and, and really thinking of your role as not just in the service of, but also as a strategic partner and ally. And what's more strategic than helping to like refocus and reshape your executive's vision and like activating that part of their awareness so they can say, wow, okay, you know what? I, I can actually have and I can make a difference in this way. So if you if you play that out, I mean, how big was the org that that your former boss oversaw? Yeah, it was pretty big. Pretty, maybe like eighty people. So right. Like yeah. So that's a potential for that many more seats to be 
filled Mm -hmm. with a new demographic potentially, Mm -hmm. then you simultaneously like looking at the budget and saying, well, how else can we use these resources? I mean, there's so many ways that you were really able to capitalize on that position in a very impactful way. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I think as EAs, it's like it sort of gets underrated your ability to really influence and steer that dialogue i mean at the end of the day you have to show like how is this good for the business Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. like i think sometimes that's where d and i can get crippled like when it's like looked at business because it's like usually they don't have a ton of budget usually it's linked with hr Mm -hmm. in most cases not every case but like you know hr also doesn't usually have a ton of budget but engineering is a different game Mm -hmm. sales is a different game like those are like big money orgs yep. that need to attract yep. like top talent. So if we can justify, you know, STEM programs that are going to help a diversify our employee population and just to, you know, diversify like, you know, what we consider diversity in general. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's a win win. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. This is kind of a piggybacking on some of the things that you were talking about, about your executive and how he's now said, hey, like, thank you for turning turning this on for me. Yeah. I'm now aware. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, how do you think, like, uh, as an executive or as a company, how do you think their performance is enhanced by having a more representative population of, of individuals within their org? Well, I mean, I think, you know, we're in like a time right now where like the world is definitely starting to be more of like a a meshed like society like you know it's like very brown and tan and all different shades so it's like you want to make sure that like you're not one of the last companies to get on board of that bandwagon mm-hmm. like we're already seeing you know, loyalty towards, like, companies that really focus on inclusivity. Mm -hmm. Like, you even look at the underwear industry, Mm -hmm. right? And how there's certain brands Mm -hmm. that have plus size, all different shades Mm -hmm. of people, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's one brand Mm -hmm. that hasn't really caught on to that. Mm, Who could you be speaking of, Lauren? Yeah, that one brand. (laughs) So, like, when you think about that, like, and how there's also a man that runs that company, Uh I, as a female woman, don't want to shop there because Mm -hmm. they aren't representing me. I feel like a lot of people are in that that mindset now. So I think like the sooner that companies get on board, then the better it's going to be for them in the long run. But also, like, let's not just think about like hiring diverse. Like, let's actually think about like keeping diverse Mm -hmm. talent Mm -hmm. because that was, I'd say, the inclusivity part is like, in my opinion, the most important part. Because you can hire people, no problem, but they won't stay. And they're not going to tell your, their friends to, to come. To come and join. Exactly. Yep. yep. I feel like the EA role itself hasn't always been the most inclusive or diverse. Uh, and certainly, like, running a recruiting firm, having worked in recruiting for, whatever, 15 years at this point, I mean, that you hear a lot as far as the kind of hiring preferences and, and biases and, and whatnot. So yeah. um, I think, like... It's been lovely to see um, when companies surprise you with their hiring choices mm-hmm. and kind of delight you in, in positive and unexpected ways mm-hmm. with who they bring on, whether it's 
you know, a minority, whether it's a man in an EA role or what things like that, right? Like it's, it's, it's really quite lovely to see those things happening. Yes. I say this because, you know, it hasn't always been the most diverse role. I mean, we had that show Mad Men that was on forever that was like kind of typified what sort of like the kind of stereotype is of that role. So um, I think it's great to the extent that we are seeing some evolution there and we're seeing some diverse peoples entering into that position. That's awesome. So when you're looking at a company to mm-hmm. join, and you mentioned you just you know fairly recently joined your current company about two months ago. So how do you, in the interview process, assess whether your company's values line up to your own? Well, I knew when I was going, like what my non-negotiables were mm-hmm. with the next company I wanted to work for. Like I had to have like one of the three things. Mm-hmm. And so when one of them aligned, I was like, Excellent. All right. This is my go. I'm mm-hmm. going to take it. Mm-hmm. But like there's the other two things that like weren't there. So it's like, OK, like those are going to be the work in progress. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, I've already found like a group mm-hmm. like my squad that mm-hmm. we're really trying to push some initiatives. Nice. But like I was aware going into it like, hey, at least they have this one thing. And I already said I was good with it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to focus on how do we get to the other two things. Yep. And if we can do it while I'm there. Great. Yep. Do you test that a little bit in the interview process, like to see if they're receptive to that? Oh, yeah. Okay. And how do you test it? Well, interviewing, like, okay, yeah, you're looking for a job, but at the same time, like, you want to stay at your next job. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's like a, it's a dual interview. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, usually as EAs, it's like, whoever you're going to be supporting, like, you need to have that conversation, like, Are, are we pausing a lot? Are we looking down? Is this person actually interested in who I am as a person? Like, that's a big one. Yep. Um, so <laughs> I think it's just important to just, like, kind of, like, be natural and, like, see how it goes. Like, let the conversation flow. Yep. So people that are listening to you today and are thinking, like, wow, Lauren, this is really inspirational. Like, I love how you've been able to promote this value. But what can I do? What should I do within my current company? What if they don't have a DNI program director? What if there isn't this chief diversity officer? What if they work in a small company that's maybe under-resourced in these areas? Like, what advice would you have for them about how they might explore this? So I think, like, it really starts with first, like, understanding, like, how do you want to contribute? You know, like, do I want to, like, work for, join a not-for-profit, like, locally, like, that, you know, supports, like, you know, um, like a low-income group that codes, like am I volunteering in communities? Like you have to be able to be in that community yourself before Mm -hmm. like jumping. Mm -hmm. And this is, again, just Mm -hmm. my opinion. Mm -hmm. But like I don't, like DNI can't be forced on people. Mm -hmm. Um, It has to be something that you you want to do because you just just feel that it's right. Mm -hmm. You don't need these fancy titles in order to get like stuff done. Like companies want to retain people. ERGs are a way for companies to help retain people. So you just speak to like either somebody in your HR department or speak to your boss and be like, hey, like I want to start this and just start it. Like you don't need a ton of things. Like most companies give you expenses like that you can use for like team building. Mm -hmm. Like you just have to like, like decide what it is that like your North Star is like around Mm -hmm. this. Mm-hmm. like DNI thing and mm-hmm. like go for it. Mm-hmm. I think also like as we've been talking, you know, yeah, you mentioned sometimes companies have budgets and you can leverage financial resources, but there was also a number of things that you talked about that actually cost 
zero dollars, right? Like rewriting job descriptions and auditing that and just helping people become aware that, hey, you know, the way that we're positioning this and how we're, you know, talking about this role might actually be eliminating a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That costs nothing. That costs intellect and time. Yeah. Right? So there and are, confidence. And confidence to, to, have, to, that to, to have that conversation. Yeah. But you're not always asking for a financial commitment. And I think that's important, especially in a smaller company that may not have a budget for this. Right? 200%. 200%. There's a lot of things that you can do grassroots that cost yep. no money. Yep. In DNI, it's about you giving, 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 mm-hmm. and then you may receive. But if you don't receive, that's not that's not what you're about. Mm-hmm. You're here to give and mm-hmm. you're here to say, hey, you can trust this company. You can trust us. And it doesn't matter if we're going to get ROI on this. It's because we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And the industry hasn't shifted there yet. So one question we like to ask everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> is if there is one person, any one person in the world through the history of time, doesn't have to be p- present day, that you could support, who would it be and why? And you're totally ready for this. I oh, can yeah. see it. Yeah. <laughs> you're smiling. It's obviously Oprah. Oh. Like, obviously my Oprah. God, <laughs> and Oprah is the reason I love Oprah is because like she has like evolved her career to like where I really feel like I hope like the human mind is going. She's very into spirituality mm-hmm. and like the positive um manifestation of like what you want and like energy like I know it's really hard for a lot of people to accept but the stuff is really true like when you have your eye on the prize like whether you want to call it prayer whether you want to call it you know spirit talking in the wind like whatever when you are something your eye is on the prize and you are excited about it and you are wholeheartedly there like things come to you and that is because of the energy you're admitted it attracted that opposite reaction like that opposite energy to come towards you so oprah is definitely my um the person i would want to work with because i feel like i could learn a lot because she also had a career in broadcast communication for so long she's amazing yeah i mean who doesn't love oprah i know people love her but like yeah (laughs) yeah i mean she's been relevant for as long as i've been alive right she's been a thing (laughs) and i and i like you i really admire how she's pivoted things and Mm -hmm. i feel like she's really helping to awaken the conscious mind Mm -hmm. and the subconscious mind like Mm -hmm. in like broadly like i feel like she's bringing that kind of spirituality to the broader population of America and even globally Mm -hmm. that may not have tapped into those things and suddenly they're having like those types of like the meta-human discussion right yeah Yeah. and (laughs) she's like completely on a macro level like encouraged that discussion and that evolution to happen like that she's just amazing yeah well this has been such an interesting and I think super uh, encouraging conversation because I think you've taken um, something that is somewhat can be somewhat abstract Right. I think I think there's a lot of people who hold this as a value, but don't necessarily know. They're like, well, you know, my job isn't that or careers in that space are really limited. And that's not what I do. My job is this. So how can I actually become involved and how can I help to, like, um, encourage that type of dialogue and conversation within my company? And I think you've given people a lot of really good ways that they can start those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to thank you for kind of sh- sh- clearing that that path and demonstrating that. And I want to um, encourage you to continue what you're doing because I think it's super awesome. And I know that you're going to make big splashes at Instacart because that's just kind of how you are. That's how I roll, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here and for joining us with this conversation. Thank you, ladies. This is awesome. Thanks, Lauren. Okay. All right. <laughs> 
Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. You can learn more about Maven at www.mavenrec.com. Thank you.